Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. All right, thank you so much, Brother Michael, for those words of encouragement. It is so true. All things do work together for the good, and some of the good that, th- that works together, we may not know about it until we get to the other side. So just because things might look bad here doesn't mean they are bad. Not for the saint of God who is in God's hands. Well, as you know, today is traditionally what's called Palm Sunday, and it was the day that we celebrate Jesus riding triumphantly into Jerusalem. And I want to talk about that for a moment, and I want to entitle today's message, The Downward Path to Victory. The Downward Path to Victory. You know, it was uh, about two weeks ago now, I would say, that uh, I was actually hopeful that we might have an Easter service right here in this building. I was hoping that this thing would blow over and that we'd, we'd get back to normal here by, by Easter and maybe be able to have an Easter service. And, and uh, I was hoping you know, to see life get back to normal pretty soon. And uh, well, <clears throat> if you've been watching the news, probably not. Probably this is going to go on a little longer than what we anticipated, a little longer than what I anticipated. Uh, now I've got my eyes set on May. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that sometime in May we'll be back in church. But at this point, I've stopped trying to set a goal, and, I've, and I've, uh, I'm just going to let it play out as it's going to play out. Things got a little bit worse for me personally. Uh, simply because, as you know, my daughter Shoshana is getting ready to have her baby in just a couple of weeks. And if I want to hold my new grandson, I have to go into strict quarantine. So not only have I lost my hope of getting back into the house of God and having church here by, uh, by Easter Sunday, uh, but now I've had to lock myself in and close myself off, and I can't go into the stores anymore, and I'm in strict quarantine because I want to be able to hold my grandson when he's born. And so it just seems to be getting worse instead of better. And as you know, we've been praying for Brother Eli Hernandez. I hear he's doing better, and I'm so glad, and we pray for his, his complete recovery. But he was close to death there for a little while. Others we know have already succumbed to this disease, and, and uh, it's taken its toll on people everywhere. And uh, I just heard news that it's possible someone in our church, I'm not going to mention any names for privacy's sake, but they had to be tested uh, because of similar symptoms. They're feeling like maybe it's just a cold. Let's pray that it is just that. While we're at it, I think we ought to be praying for all of our healthcare workers uh, in general, of course, but there are several of them in the church. I'm going to throw out a few names of ones that I know of, and if I'm missing a name or two, uh, please correct me. Please get on the phone lines and, and tell us, or shoot me an email and let me know that I'm missing people that are in the healthcare, but I know that our own sister Sarah Warner is a nurse, and uh, she's actively involved, and Sister Mackenzie Weatherwax is actively involved, and Sister Elaine Gonzalez, and Sister Alex Kinnam, all these, all these people are involved in the healthcare uh, um, ministry, and Adina, and I, I'm sorry, I cannot even remember or think of what Adina's last name is, but she comes with uh, Brother Ray Waldinsky, and we want to keep her in prayer, all these people that are involved in, our, in, in, um, in healthcare and putting their... their self at risk to try to help other people. We appreciate that, and, and we pray for you, and, and I pray for you. In fact, 
for that matter, let's keep Brother Ray Waldinsky and all of the men in uniform in prayer and our police officers. Ray is a, is a Mon- Montgomery County Sheriff, and I talked to him the other day, and uh, he's you know, getting more and more domestic uh, calls because people are bound together and, and quarantined together, and, and there's dis- domestic disputes that are taking place, and so he's having to go in there and put himself into harm's way, and not just physical harm's way, he's putting himself in harm's way with, with, a, with an invisible enemy and the coronavirus. And, uh, you know, he's, and we want to we keep these people in prayer. And, um, and, I, and I pray that you will do that. You will pray for all of these people, healthcare workers and police officers and firefighters and, and all of these people that God will keep them safe during this time. But, you know, what we keep doing is we keep looking for hope. We keep looking for hope outside of Jesus we look for hope when the president gives his, uh, his uh, daily updates. And we're just trying to find out, is there a doctor that can give us hope? But can someone give us hope? And, um, you know, if it's not coronavirus, sooner or later it's going to be something else. And I want you to know that outside of Jesus, there really is no hope. This world, the Bible says, is passing away. We need something that will not pass away. And the only thing that will not pass away is Jesus Christ. And so our hope has to be in Jesus. Now, what I want to talk to you about today, I have entitled The Downward Path to Victory. Because when we serve God, and when we seek God, and when we find Him, oftentimes the path to our victory is a downward trend. Downward. We seem to get things sometimes get worse before they get better. I want to read you the story from Matthew chapter 21. I'm going to begin with verse number 5. This is the story of Jesus riding triumphantly, and I want to emphasize the word triumphantly. He rode into Jerusalem just a few days prior to His crucifixion. He rode in triumphantly. And this is what the Bible says in verse number 5 of Matthew 21, "...say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your King is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey." On a colt, the fowl of a beast of burden, the disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them, and they brought their, uh, the donkey and the colt and put their uh, cloaks on it, and He sat on them. And most of the crowd, listen, they spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees. And this is where we get our Palm Sunday for, because the trees were mostly palm trees, and they would break those branches off, and they would lay them on the ground as a sign of respect so that His feet and the feet of the donkey that he was riding on would not touch the earth. It was, a, it was a show of great respect and great honor. And so the crowds that went before him and that followed him, they were all shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. Now who'd have thought on that day when everything was glorious and the King of Glory was riding into Jerusalem and people were putting their coats on the ground and palm branches on the ground and the crowds were all shouting, Hosanna in the highest! Blessed is He that comes in the name of the Lord! Who would have thought at that moment where this was going to end in just a few days? Who would have thought that with all of the great things happening that it was going to end up where it ended up. Such a great, great victory. And it is going to be a great victory. But to get to that victory of the resurrection, it was a downhill journey. And oftentimes, church, listen to me, oftentimes, 
to get the glory that God wants to give us, it's a downhill journey. It seems to be getting worse sometimes before it gets better. And so I want to just hit some of the highlights that took place from the time he rode triumphantly into Jerusalem until the time he rose from the grave. I just want to show us this downward traveling that he did and the things that happened. And it went from one bad thing to, to a worse thing. And, uh, and I just want to hit the highlights real quick. One of the first things that he did after he rode in triumphantly is he went into the temple. Now in the temple, they had money changers set up and they were selling animals and making money and they were using the kingdom of God. And unfortunately, there are still some that do it, but they were using the kingdom of God to reap a harvest of money, of worldliness, of, of, of worldly gain. And Jesus walked in there and cracked the whip. He drove out the money changers. He knocked their tables over. He said, this is supposed to be a house of prayer, and you've turned it into a den of thieves. Now, he was not talking about the giving that Brother Michael just talked about a few moments ago of our tithe and our offering, because Jesus actually spoke about those things. He was talking about using it to make yourself rich and prosperous, which we still see that in the TV preachers sometimes, and the prosperity preachers, and, and you know how I feel about that. But but uh, he went in there with the, and cracked the whip. He knocked the tables over. He hollered. He screamed. He threw them all out. Got rid of the money changers out of the temple. And uh, if this one thing that this dread curse does, I wanted to do this for me. And I really wanted to do it for you too. I want this curse of coronavirus to allow Jesus, or allow our hearts to be put in a position where Jesus can come into my life, into the temple of my heart, into my being, and do in me what He did that day. Lord Jesus, drive out everything in me that is wrong. Drive out the wrong thoughts, the wrong actions, the wrong ideas, the wrong ways. Bring me to a place of repentance. I don't want things to go back to the way they were before coronavirus came, where we just went about and did our thing. I want to be different. I want my heart to be different. I want my mind to be different. I want my life to be different. I want the church to be different. I want to love people like I have never loved people before. And I want to do the work of the church, not just go to church. And I hope you feel the same way. I hope you want to do church and not just go to church. Church is where we meet once a week to fellowship, to inspire one another. But church happens outside these four walls. And I want to be different than I've ever been before, Lord. Bring me to a place, go, come into the temple of my heart. Take your whip and drive out everything that's in me that's not right in your sight. Search me and see if there be some wicked way in me. And let my heart, the temple of God, be cleansed today. So that's the first thing he did. Now many people don't realize it, but the second thing that happened, or one of the very next things that happened, was when he... Uh, the story of the woman with the two mites. And the um, Bible tells us that Jesus actually sat back and He watched everybody bring in their offerings. He watched them. He watched the rich come and they laid great sums of money. And oh, how we are in this world, huh? People want the, the, the rich to come. I want anybody to come. I want you to come because you need Jesus. Not because I need your money. This isn't about money. This is about saving souls. 
And here came all these rich people, and they threw their offerings in. And the woman came, and she threw in two pennies, basically two cents. We'll just call it two, two mites. It was what it was. Worth about probably two pennies, they say, maybe a little bit in that vicinity. Two cents. And when that lady threw the two cents in, Jesus said to his disciples, that woman right there, she just gave more than all the rest. Now the rest were throwing in $100 bills, $1,000 checks. And she walks up with two cents and throws it in there. And Jesus nudges his apostles, and he says, she just gave more than all the rest. And they wondered, how in the world could that be? And they said, how did how, 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 she give more than the rest? And Jesus said, because she, all the rest are giving from their surplus, she's giving all that she has. Now let me explain what he meant by that. All the rest are giving their surplus. What the rest were doing, this is what Jesus said they were doing. They were coming to the offering plate, and they were giving what they had left over after they took care of themselves, after they took care of what they wanted, after they got all that they wanted. They came and they had a little leftover, and they put that. It was a great amount. Their leftover was a great amount, but they took care of themselves first. The woman came and she took care of God's kingdom first. Now, this isn't just about money, my friend. Don't think for one second that I'm preaching about giving more money. I'm talking about giving more of you. You see, so many times, so often, we take care of what we want. We take care of our lives. We take care of how we feel. And if we have time left over, we'll pray. If we have time left over, we'll come to church. If we've got time for this, it's all, we, we get so wrapped up in what we're doing in our life and what we want. And then if we have a little left over, we'll come to God and we'll offer Him something. I'm here to tell you, we need to put God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then all of these other things will be added unto you. So I don't want to give my leftovers to Jesus anymore. I want to give my first to Jesus. And then if I have leftover, I'll take care of myself. We spend too much time seeking other things. The Bible said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. I think we spend too much time seeking our kingdoms and our what we want, and then we want to add His kingdom to it. Mm -mm. Seek His kingdom first and His righteousness, and then let these other things be added in. Amen? So let's put Jesus first. We sang that old song years ago. I don't know how many remember. Take it all, take it all. You remember that old song? What this world can offer me, take it all. For 100 years from now, it won't matter anyhow. What this world can offer me, take it all. We used to sing that song, and that's how it is. What this world can offer me, and all that's not as good as what... Pastor Jameson and Sister Erica just did a few minutes ago, but it's the best I can do for now. But that's how I feel. Take it all. Take it all. What this world can offer me, take it all. Let me give my life to Jesus first and trust that He'll take care of me. And then came what might be one of the most important stories in the Bible. This story. Was Jesus coming to terms with the will of God? Think about that for a minute. Jesus coming to terms with the will of God. Jesus went to His Passover meal with His disciples. The last Passover actually is where He instituted the communion service. And uh, we are going to have a communion service. Once we, once we can get back together, we're going to have our communion service that we were going to have on Good Friday. We'll get that all scheduled and all worked out. But 
He went and had that Passover meal and instituted the communion service. And from there, he left and he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Now I want to tell you what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. He went there to pray. And the reason he went there to pray was because he was about to face the most difficult chapter of his life. And I encourage you, if this is some of the most difficult things you've been through, the most fearful things you've been through, take it to God in prayer. Trust me. Go to God in prayer and seek His face. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he was facing the most difficult time and we are facing difficult times right now. And it's still a good thing to find a, a, a place of prayer. Jesus prayed often, not just when He was in trouble. The Bible said He prayed often. And not only did He pray often, but He taught His disciples how, how to pray so that they could pray also, so that they could be prayer warriors. And when, when, when the times were tough, He prayed. And when He taught His disciples to pray. And if you don't know how to pray yourself, I encourage you. Um, uh, a while back, I, I taught a message on the Lord's Prayer. It was entitled, Teach Me to Prayer. I believe it was on, Teach Me to Pray, I'm sorry. And I, I believe it was on March 8th. It's on our podcast. It's not on a video, but it is on our podcast. And, um, and uh, you can, any podcatcher, you can search Maranatha Ministries UPC and find that. But I taught a message entitled, Teach Me to Pray. So if you don't know how to pray, and if you're watching this and this is all new to you, I encourage you to get that sermon listen to that because i talked about the lord's prayer and i explained how that helps us to be able to pray and so it was in gethsemane that jesus said what i consider to be the greatest words he ever spoke now he said to one rise up and walk those are great words he said to another receive thy sight those are great words he said to another wake up to the dead and they rose up those are great words but none of those words were as great as the words he spoke in gethsemane what were those words? It's when he got down and prayed, realizing he was facing Calvary. And he said this, Father, if there's any way that this can pass from me, if there's any way to make this happen without having to go to Calvary, if there's any other way we can do this, and then he said what I consider to be the greatest words that ever came out of his mouth was right here when he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. On those words, my friend, hung your salvation and hung my salvation. Because had he not surrendered to the will of the Father and gone ahead and shed his blood and gave his life, my sins would not be able to ever be washed away and neither would yours. And we would die in our sins and sin cannot enter into heaven. That's why we want you to be born again. Because we need to have our sins washed away. And it was on those words, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, that my salvation hung and your salvation hung. And I am so glad he said those words. And I want to learn to pray the prayer with the same sincerity that Jesus prayed it. When I get on my knees, I want to be able to say, Heavenly Father, not my will, but thy will be done in my life. Have your own way. Because as much as my salvation hung on him saying those words, it now hangs on me saying those words. Have thine own way. Nevertheless, not my will, thy will be done. I hope you can pray that prayer. And if coronavirus does anything, God help it to bring us to the place where we will pray that prayer. Not my will, but thy will be done. I want to wrap this up by saying there are several more steps downward. Downward. Remember where we started. Triumphantly entering into Jerusalem. 
crowds shouting, Hosanna in the highest. And oh, how fickle people are. Because less than one week later, those same people are crying out, crucify Him. Crucify Him. Hosanna in the highest. Crucify Him. A downward path to great victory. From a triumphant entry into Jerusalem to dead less than one week later. Dead. That's how it feels sometimes, doesn't it, in life? It just keeps getting worse. I'll never forget an old testimony. A dear friend of mine, one of the ladies in the church, still here, by the way, came. she gave a testimony one day. She stood up and she said, just when I thought things couldn't get any worse, they did. <laughs> How many of you experienced that in life? Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it did. Because sometimes that's the direction you go to finally get to the victory. Everything seemed to be getting worse. I believe that this downward path we're on right now because of coronavirus, it's taking longer than we thought. More people are getting sick than we thought. The church is closed longer than we thought. We're trying to make ends meet the best we can longer than we thought. We want to get back in the house of God. Sure we do. But I want to understand something that through all of this, through every hardship, through every difficulty, it's the downward path to a greater victory. Jesus was alive, but not like He was after the resurrection. After the resurrection, He was alive like never before. Alive forevermore. Able to do what He did not do before. And now He's invited us to come with Him. All of that happened because He took the downward path from a triumphant entry to a crucifixion, a downward path, to his great victory. And my friend, God's going to take you on that same downward path. Don't fight it. As he draws us deeper and deeper into him. And sometimes it's the troubles in our life that drive us to our knees to find him in a way we, have, we would never have found him otherwise. And I'm telling you this right now. God is going to turn this coronavirus around for the good of the church. The church is going to be blessed out of this. Stay in the church, my friend. Stay connected to the church. Continue to be the church. Don't draw away. Don't let it fade away. Pray like you've never prayed before. Get a hold of other saints of God like never before. Minister to one another like never before. Because this downward path we seem to be on is going to one day turn around to be one of the greatest victories you've ever seen in your lifetime. I promise you, Jesus is not done blessing and lifting up His church. Let's stay part of it. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you and God bless.